Design You Podcast, Episode 25. If you are stressed, stretched, and stuck, and ready to take your life to the next level, reach out to me for a free 30-minute strategy call to see what steps you can implement right now to design your best life. Email me at connect at tinamurray.com and let's create your own unique blueprint to lay the foundations for that life that you really want. Are you ready to create the life you really want? Welcome to the Design You Podcast, where I talk to everyday people who know life can be done differently with a clear mindset, positive attitude, openness to growth, and their willingness to take life to the next level. Get ready to design you. Hi guys, Tina Murray here. Today I'm welcoming to the drawing board, Alex Cooley. Alex is an international figure in coaching, leadership practices, mental health, and positive psychology, who has delivered coaching and leadership training to leaders from in excess of 25 countries. A leading expert in coaching and well-being, Alex is a founding fellow of the Institute of Coaching at Harvard University and is on the academic teams of a number of higher education facilities within Australia. Alex is in demand to deliver practical workshops on the use of coaching to maximize employee engagement. Core subjects of value and strengths orientated workplaces, engaging and motivating employees, and minimizing stress within working environments. He is an author and regular conference presenter on coaching, leadership skills, mental health issues, and positive psychology interventions. Join me as I chat with Alex about learning from the best. All right. Hi, Alex. Welcome to the Design New Podcast. How are you today? I'm fantastically well, Tina, and thank you so much for inviting me to be part of this process. It's a real honor. Oh, my pleasure. And anyone who's fantastically well has to be on. <laughs> I, you... I choose to be fantastically well. <laughs> well, how do you choose? I'm sure not all of us can do that. So tell us your secret. Well, I'd like to take you on a bit of a weird journey, if that's all right, because okay. I, um, I, I think the question itself lends to exploring things in a different way mm-hmm. and, and I know a little bit about your background not an enormous amount but um, also I think for all of us uh, some of the things hopefully will resonate but I'd like to imagine that you're wandering into a friend's house and we we all do what I'm about to describe it's not judgmental but you, you look at the house and you think mm, I wouldn't have colored that wall green <laughs> uh, I wouldn't put the furniture there I'd put it somewhere else and it would look better if you moved this uh, and the reason we do that is because all our tastes are completely different. Mm. Uh, and as uh, as individuals, what we often do is we we'll move our house around. We'll we'll make our house look the way we want it to look, but we don't consciously do that with our lives. What we we do with our lives is we do what other people expect us to do. We do mm-hmm. what we're taught to do, and we don't consciously design a life that we want. So my, my view is everybody's life should look as individual and different as everybody's house mm-hmm. looks. Uh, so for a number of years, I, I worked out what the design of my life would look like if I, if I lived it the way I wanted to live. And I, I was really blessed to achieve a journey where I got close to that. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of 2016, I realized that there was still somewhere to go. And I, I didn't know how to get there. Okay. Uh, so I, I could see the inside of that house, if you like, the, the design, but I didn't know how to actually make it happen. Mm-hmm. So I spent 2017 studying and learning how to do it. 
and then 2018 is putting that in place. So I gathered, uh, first of all, I got the picture, I then gathered the skills, how to do it, and now I'm actually going to do it. So that's why I feel so blessed. Yeah. And I mean, a part of what you're talking about is it's a process. And I think I often hear people go, well, why aren't I there yet? And the thing is, I actually think this journey of life, this journey of moving into our perfect house is actually never going to be perfect. It's going to take our whole life and we keep on evolving. As you said, you thought you were almost there and then you went, actually, no, there's more that I need and want. I think that's a great description of life, Tina. Um, it, it happened in a, in a weird way uh, early last year for, for myself and Rosemary, my wife. Uh, and again, this is a weird link, but but using the analogy again of the, of the home, she decided she wanted to buy a different TV. So we, we bought a, it's a ridiculously large TV she, she wanted to buy. So we, <laughs> we got that. And then we put that in the living room, which meant that the rest of the furniture didn't work. So we then had to buy different furniture as a result of it. And I think that's what life's like too. Sometimes mm-hmm. you you take yourself on a bit of a journey and you realize some other parts of life don't fit. Mm. So you've got to tweak and change it. So it, yeah, right, it's absolutely forever evolving. Mm. But the, the thing that most people miss is they're not evolving it in line with what they want. They're evolving it in line with what they think they should do or mm. what other people tell them to do. And how can we get out of that? Because it is difficult when we've got all these people with expectations of us and our company, the people in our family. How do we move past that and so we can actually look at what we want? Uh, For me, the cornerstone of all of this is working out what really matters to you. So working out what your values are. Uh, One of your previous guests talked about strengths exploration. Mm. Uh, And I think even before that comes, what really sits at the heart of who you are as a human being, what really kind of makes makes my soul sing Mm. is how I talk to people about it. And once you work that out, then literally, I think, physically creating an image of what that would look like if you really lived that out Mm. to its fullest extent. So what, what would you need in your life to, to do that and and what the science because uh, a lot of people talk about this sort of stuff and they'll, they'll talk about the universe will provide if you just visualize it's going to happen let's be honest we know that's not true there's work involved in this mm. uh, and and the science tells us that human beings we have to, we do have some common traits and one of them is the the need to be connected to others mm. So part of this picture should be who do you want in your life and who do you not want in your life? And, and I would suggest that the main thing to have in your life is people who challenge you to become the best version of you, but not to be like them, become the best version of you. Mm. But part of when we're coming up with that picture, I know there's a real period for a lot of people who are transitioning, like the sort of things that you're talking about, where they've started to know their values. They actually are getting pretty clear on that, but they still don't know what that really looks like because just because you like playing football doesn't mean you're going to be a professional football player. Yeah. Um, you know, what is it that, how can we get past this? We know ourselves a little bit, but what does that really look like? Because that in itself is a, a whole other journey. It's a massive one, and, and I'm so glad you said that about the, the professional footballer because, again, I, I have my, my background's in coaching, and uh, I have a real struggle with people who say that you can be anything you want to be because it's not true. If you're four foot four, you're never going to become a world class basketball player, it just ain't going to happen. Yep. 
Um, so, you know, we've got to be realistic about this. Uh, and part of the picture for me is to say, well, again, what really matters to you as a human being? What are your values? And then how can you do small little changes, tiny little changes in your life that will bring more of that into mm-hmm. your life? So when we goal set, most of us do it, what I would argue is the wrong way around. We talk about what we don't want in our life. Mm -hmm. Uh, rather than what we do want in our life Uh, and if you focus on what do you want more of that that's the language I use I I don't even like the word goals I say to people what do you want more of in your Mm. life and then we'll take some small steps to bringing that into your life Mm. Uh, and that then begins to accelerate over time so the more you have of it the more you want of it and it just Mm. draws more and more into it Mm. and that's also linked to Again, some kind of misinformation that floats around. So I don't want to decry what other people believe in. People are entitled to believe what they want. Sure. But this idea that you can look at a vision board and it, it will just appear on your driveway. Yeah. The reality is we know the science of how this works. It's, it's the reticular activating system. Mm-hmm. Your brain seeks out what you tell it to look for so if every day you start your day focusing on what really matters to you not watching the news not watching tv that's going to tell you you should have this this and this mm. so what really matters to you your brain will find pathways to take you in that direction Mm. And as you said, with the reticular activating system, which I can never say that well, <laughs> but it's, you know, that's that, the typical one people use. You buy a red car and suddenly you see the same red car everywhere. The yeah. thing is you become aware of it, which is why it's um, you actually then can start to grab the opportunities. I was speaking to someone the other day about bucket lists and part of I think the beauty of that is if you've actually written down that you want to achieve something, when something that's close to it comes up, you actually grab it because you're like, that's on my bucket list. So if I'm traveling to Europe, I'll jump across to Paris because it's not that far anymore. And so you'll actually make it happen. Whereas if you don't have it written down as a aspiration, you may not think to do that. But again, it's coming down to being aware of where the opportunities lie. Uh, absolutely. And, and I, again, I, you know, I applaud you in saying writing it down because we know if you want to attain things, three things will make a huge difference. The first is writing it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the science is weird around that. We, we find that if you write it on a tablet or you write it on a smartphone, it's not the same as writing it on a piece of paper. And nobody mm-hmm. can work out why, but there's something about writing it down on paper with a pen or a pencil mm-hmm. that makes a big difference. Then being extremely specific about what you want in your life. And then third is public accountability, that you, you make this statement and people hold you accountable to it. And there's a bit of a kind of trendy stuff floating around at the moment where people say you should keep goals secret and you shouldn't tell people. All that does is allow you to uh, change it and, and say, well, I never aspired for that in the first place. Oh, true. Yes. Yeah. And, we, and we all do that. You know, you might decide you're going to go for a 20K walk and then, 10 cases long enough and you tell people that's what I I wanted to do in the first place. (laughs) Part of what I like about the language you're using instead of goals of using what you want more of, I think what appeals to me about that is when we say goals, it is about that big thing often, whereas what you want more of might just mean I want more walks along the beach. I want to be out in the sunshine more like simple things. It's actually giving you permission to do a lot of simple things, which will bring you towards whatever those bigger goals are. 
Uh, absolutely. I think, you know, that's a beautiful description of it, Tina. And many, many people that I speak to, when, if I say, what are your goals? They, they say, I, I don't know, Alex. Mm. I haven't got goals. Mm. But you say, what do you want more of in your life? And they get it instantly. Yeah. So it, it opens up the opportunity for far more people to, to engage in this growth process. Mm. Uh, and, you know, going back to what I said before, we, we know there's a big difference between avoidance and approach mechanisms. Mm. So goals that are set around what I don't want in my life is very different to goals that are set around what I want more of. And you stay connected to, that's when we talk about the journey as is, is part of it rather than the destination. Mm. That, that comes from what do you want more of in your life. Mm. And I think too, if you do want more, and again, coming back to the reticular activating system, I almost said it properly that time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so bad at that one. Um, when you do want more and you become more aware of it, it means the other stuff falls away. So you're actually are getting less of the things that you didn't want, but you're probably not as conscious of it. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, ultimately there's only so much space in your life for things anyway. Mm. So once you're actually focusing on bringing in those things that you want more of, something has to fall by the wayside. Mm. And also because you're skillfully using the reticular activating system, you stop seeing the negative things because mm. you're so heavily focused on the, on the things that you want more of in your life. Mm. So it, it makes your life experience so much more fulfilling. Mm. And you've, I mean, you're, you're a well-respected coach and, you've decided to go back last year and do some more study. What was the importance of that for you? Well, again, it's like the conversation started. It's a bit of a weird link, but when I, when I was 14 year old, um, the teacher at, in the class that well, was in the class that I was in, she stopped the class and she said, I don't want any of you to ever study again. Um, yeah, she got better. She was a great motivational speaker. <laughs> and she said, none of you will amount to anything. <gasps> half of you will be unemployed and the other half will go to prison. And, and this, is, this is true. This is actually what she said. <sighs> and the problem we have as human beings is I can recite that. That was when I was 14. I'm now in my mid-50s. Mm-hmm. Um, well, truthfully, it's heading towards the late 50s, actually. <laughs> but I can remember word for word what that woman said because we have a bias for negative information. Mm. We, we have a bias to retain all the criticism, all the doubting stuff, the self-limiting things. I've seen my mission is to, is to challenge that. Mm. To, to actually challenge those voices in people's heads. Uh, and I am well-respected in the field, and, and I've had the chance to challenge those voices for many people. But what I wanted to do was, was grow a bigger audience, mm-hmm. to challenge that more. And, and it doesn't matter what you want in your life if you're going to listen to those negative voices, mm-hmm. if you're going to listen to those people. Because that, that teacher was right. She, she made that happen for people by becoming the voice of authority. So mm. I want to be the voice of authority that says, no, absolutely not. Strive for what you want. Live your life. Mm. And how often do you think people listen to that? Because as you said, those voices in our head are very loud. Yeah. Well, again, you know, different people operate in different ways. I, I try to do everything based on science. So I, I, I'm one of those boring people that reads <laughs> research papers every single day <laughs> And I, and I must say some of it's rubbish, but you know, <laughs> uh, I, I try to filter out the really good stuff. And what we know is you need to hear a positive message three times to balance out one negative message. Okay, wow. 
changes in marriage. In marriage, if you criticise your partner, you've got to give them five compliments to balance it out. So oh, Good to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can actually, the science is so good, we can relatively easily predict divorce by just listening to people's conversations mm. and how many times people are criticising in relation to how many times they're supporting one another. Yeah. So to, to balance out the negative messages, people need to hear it at least three times, the positive message. Mm. Wow. That's huge. So three times or five times in a partnership. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's you know um, another concept which a lot of coaches don't explore with people is most people have heard of the placebo effect, uh, and I don't think we we tend to explore the power of that in in coaching as as often as we could, mm-hmm. uh, and that if we're talking to people and convincing people that things are possible for them, then that, again, does become their reality. Mm. Whereas if you, again, sharing limiting stuff, then that that will become their reality too. Yeah. And you said you, you are very focused on looking at it from a scientific background. Yeah. Do you find with a lot of people, and I know you work uh, a lot with in the corporate industry, yeah. do you find because you're using science and using um things that have been proven that you find that people actually accept that more, more easily. I know everyone, again, everyone's different, but yeah, yeah, I I think absolutely. You know, for me, coaching falls into two categories. It's a science and it's an art Mm -hmm. And, and the science should inform what we do and to a certain degree, how we do it. And then we use our own personality in an artful way to actually deliver that. Mm. But I, I never want to coach somebody without knowing why I'm doing it, what methodology I'm using. Uh, and for me, that's one of the first questions people ask me is, is well, what is the, the evidence that supports the mm. intervention? And, f- and mine is primarily based around positive psychology, mm. which is, you know, got some areas where it needs to grow, but, but as a science has done well in helping us work out how people can be the best version of themselves. Mm. So um, while we're talking the best version of themselves, what exactly are you doing to live your best life? You said you've been doing the study, but what, what does that mean now for you? So for me, it, it's stretch, stretching and challenging myself to get that message out to a, a broader audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, people tell me I'm humble, uh, other people use the word shy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've not been very good at, at promoting the work I do and, and other people have you know, been very kind in doing that for me. But the big push for me is to actually get out there and speak to a broader audience mm-hmm. and a worldwide, a, a global audience, and mm-hmm. say things can be different. My motivation is different to a lot of people's. So, I, you know, again, going back to that vision of the house, the dream space for me, uh, I want, when I reach the point at which I'm sitting in a nursing home looking towards the end of my life, I want to be able to say I made a positive difference and a few people didn't hear that teacher's voice because Mm. I came into the world. Uh, And therefore, if I can spread that everywhere, Mm. mission accomplished. Isn't it interesting how you said um, you're viewed as being shy and humble. Isn't it interesting that when your purpose and it sounds like it's a life purpose to me when you're yeah. saying it, when you're sitting in a nursing home, that's what you want to look back yeah. and be um, proud of yourself with. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that you can step up and step out into 
putting yourself in the spotlight when it's not a natural spot for you just because your purpose is is strong enough to make you do that. Uh, absolutely, Tina. And I think that that's why it's so important to work out your personal why mm. because that, that helps you get out the door and do what you wouldn't normally do. It helps you push yourself because you can see the end result. Uh, and this may not be the case for everybody, but for me, the why is not possessions. It's not money. I, I do lead a blessed life where I get to fly internationally business class. I've got all the, the trinkets that most people want. But the why is when somebody says, you changed my life in one mm-hmm. conversation. That yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And when you see, you can see it in people's faces, can't you? When the aha moments happened, yeah. how does... How does that feel for you when that's, that is part of your, a big part of your why? How does that feel? It, it, it's stunning. So as you asked that question, I, I remember sitting at, at JFK Airport in New York and uh, I'd attended a conference and in a coffee break I'd had a, what I thought was just a conversation with, with somebody uh, and I hadn't really put much weight into it. And then as we were reviewing the conference at the end, this woman put her arm around me and she said, this man changed my life in a oh, coffee wow. break. Wow. Uh, and I got, got to the airport and I was sitting at the airport and I, I was close to tears. I was yeah. thinking, if I die today, my life is complete. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's, that's all I look for in life. And, and yeah, I can, even as I talk about it now, I can feel, mm. uh, again, I know the science behind it. It's the vagus nerve that kicks in and it, it gives you that warm feeling all over. But I can feel it every time I think about it. And that's the thing, it doesn't die off the first time. It's not just this quick, you know, it's not like eating a, a thing of chocolate where you get this great high and you're like, cool, um, and then it's gone. The thing of that service or whatever it is that is your why which is being fulfilled is it's an ongoing thing where you keep on getting this buzz which keeps you going and keeps you getting stronger and stronger of why you get up on stage and do what you do. Absolutely. And, and one of the things that, again, that science, uh, relatively recent science has taught us is, is how we've evolved as a species to cooperate. And we, we yearn for that connection mm. with one another. So human beings were never the fiercest or nastiest animals. We couldn't outrun our predators. We didn't have the bigger teeth or claws. We, we became the dominant species by cooperating with one another. Mm. And it's so deeply hardwired into us now that we, we get such deep satisfaction mm. from making a difference in each other's journey. Mm. But even just um, on that, I mean, part of the reasons that humans have evolved too is because of our ability to communicate and, you know, to write it down and all of that, which I suppose really is a bit of that uh, contact as well. So that's also helping us, as you said, when we're connecting, it's not just about hearing a message. It's actually about getting inside and really understanding from a deeper level with communication as well and communication on all levels, obviously. Uh, absolutely and and the world has made it you know so much easier to communicate now you know we're mm. we're sitting in different parts of australia talking to one another we could quite as easily be in different parts of planet earth mm. having this conversation so we're, we're not limited in the impact we can have and that was the big journey for me of 2017 was realizing that you know i i thought i was doing well but in fact i was really living in a small space and, and there was a much bigger area that i could play in which was this global space mm. and that human beings everywhere yearn for the same things yeah 
And how do you get over that fear? Because there must be, there's absolute discomfort when you've gone from this small space and you're now looking to this, this yeah. big global area. How do you move through, apart from using your why, I, I get that. But what else is it when all those little doubts come up? What can we do to keep going? I, I had a, a real revelation moment round about March last year. And the person who's been mentoring me is a guy called Brendan Burchard. And uh, if anybody's listening and they want to check it out, well, it takes two seconds and he's just all over Google. Uh, Brendan uses a phrase, honour the struggle. Uh, and I hadn't really understood what he really meant at a deep level till I talked to him personally about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, what his argument is that is that every time you reach a point of comfort in your life and things start becoming comfortable, you're not growing. Yes. You, you need to be struggling to be growing. And it's okay if you want to be comfortable, but if you want to get to the next level, it's always going to be a struggle. Mm. So when you're struggling, you honor it because that's growth is his mm-hmm. argument. And when that clicked for me, it was like, yes, for a, for a few years now, I've been sitting in that comfortable space. I need to feel uncomfortable. So in answer to your question, if I, if I feel it's a struggle, if I feel it's difficult, I know that's where I need to be. Mm-hmm. So I've just got to make myself do it. Yeah. Take that first step. Yeah. And, you know, again, action trumps everything. Mm. if you're unsure do something Mm. just do something yeah and I've lived by the um mantra of well I've got to give it a go because if I don't go and do it I'll never know and so what's the worst that can happen I fail as you and Brendan and you and Brendan say that's okay I've learned from it yeah so it's I've always embraced failure and I think yeah as a designer you have to because we build our business on, on learning through failures and you know, yeah. evolving and that's when you come up with the gold. Uh, absolutely. And, and we, again, we know from a science perspective that human beings learn all the time from the same simple process. You make a plan, you take some action, you get a result. From that result, you get some new knowledge and then you feed that into your next plan. None of that says it's got to be the right result, just that you've got a result. Mm. so you do something it works or it doesn't work you do something else it works or it doesn't work and you keep moving forward Mm. but you keep your eye on the destination and and keep plodding on Mm. and that destination can change and as you said you've got your big picture idea but there's there's smaller train stops along the way that you need to stop along and if you stop for a moment and to be comfortable that's okay but I think I've often felt that people by and large, get to that comfort point and they think, good, this is going to be great. I've got it all set up. Forgetting that yeah. the rest of the world's still moving, we're still moving and changing every day yeah. on a small level unless something huge happens to us. Yeah. And so even when we think we've got this perfect, comfortable spot, it's going to change. Always, always. Mm. Uh, and that comfortable spot is probably the most dangerous spot And unless you're super conscious and you're aware that you're in that and that's where you want to be and you've reached your your destination yeah. but it can be the spot where you you wallow and then you realize you, you've lost time in terms of moving mm. to where you really want to be but having said that it's also important to recognize just like in physical exercise sometimes you need to rest and recuperate and you need to say hey i did well i, I ran that marathon and i don't need to run another one tomorrow yep. yeah, and and enjoy the achievement and the success that you've got in life so far and again, going back to where I started, that your destination, your journey, your, le- your measure of success 
should be yours and yours alone and it doesn't matter what anybody else says. Mm, absolutely. Now, how could people get in touch with you? Uh, so uh, a little bit like Brendan, I'm, I'm easily Googleable, <laughs> um, but also you can, people can find me through uh, the website iclc.com.au. And if you want to leave one little word of wisdom for us to keep us going to design our best life, what would it be? Uh, it's, it's a little weird story, but um, if a penguin goes to a gym uh, and he t- works out really hard every single day in the gym, the penguin can never become a giraffe, but he can become the best penguin he can be. Mm. And everybody can be the, pe- the best penguin they can be. And that's what you should aim for. I love it. Although I went to a Catholic school and we used to call the nuns penguins. So I just think <laughs> <All right. laughs> awesome. nuns working out. <laughs> I'll have to remember that for future. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about context, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. <yeah>. Perfect. <laughs> um, you've told us what you want to be doing in 50 years time. Anything else you want to leave us with? Uh, the, the great drive in my life is to make my wife's life better. And if she's happy, then I've completed my life well. And I think, again, you know, Chris Peterson was one of the most famous positive psychologists in the world. And he was asked to sum up positive psychology in one sentence. And he said, other people matter. Mm. And that, that's what sits at the heart of who we are. And you need to apologise five times or compliment five yeah, times. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Or, or just don't say the bad thing in the bit. <laughs> That's true. I was going to say, you both count now. <laughs> she, she knows it all, so, yeah. <laughs> no, perfect way to end. Um, other people matter. I love that. Yes. Thanks, Alex. I really enjoy having a chat with you and I wish you all the best for what 2018 brings you as you go global. Thank you very much, Tina, and the same blessings to you and to everybody that listens. A huge shout-out to you for being here, for listening in, and being ready to step up to the drawing board. I honour your spirit and your openness to growth. If you have a mate who you think will benefit from hearing today's message, please share this episode with them. Another great way you can support us is to subscribe or to leave a five-star review in iTunes. These reviews really do assist us to raise the visibility of the Design You podcast and helps us to reach Design Yours from all walks of life. I really do appreciate the time it takes for you to do that. So thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Design You podcast. You'll find the show notes over at tinamurray.com. Can't wait to see what you create as you design it, communicate it, and live it.